0: Hello and welcome. You're listening to Bits and Pieces for the Summer Camp Newbie by me, Bethany Wright. Hello and welcome back to Bits and Pieces for the Summer Camp Newbie with me, Bethany. Thank you so much for joining me today, wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether you're out for a run, commuting to work. Sat having a cup of tea, doing any household chores, whatever you're doing. Thank you so much for tuning in to me. So, episode number 37, I am unpacking this week. I am unpacking all about the different forms of accommodation and just the pros and cons with it all. There are so many different, I guess, types these days of accommodations that you can stay in especially when you're planning those after camp travels and now we're getting well into the swing of the summer season i felt like this was a necessity to cover around this time of year because when you're traveling there are so many things that like cross your mind about where you're going to stay and it can easily become a headache when you're planning your trip I mean, accommodation where you're going to lay your head to sleep at night is going to be your home base. You want to make sure that it is comfortable. It's a place that you feel safe and um, because this is going to be a new country or a new city or somewhere unknown for you. So you want to make sure that your accommodation is that home base, home comfort feeling for you. But like I was saying, there's so many different ways to stay when you're on your travels these days. You can go the traditional route of a hotel. You might want to go down the budget route of a hostel. But there's like this new, fairly new form um, that's been made less creepy by companies like Verbo or Airbnb, where you can do a vacation home or you can do a home share. There's so many options for you out there that I really want to unpack the pros and cons and, again, give you my personal opinions um, of all of these based on my personal experiences. So let's get into it. The first one I'm going to be unpacking is hotels. Now, many people automatically think that staying in a hotel when traveling. They're like, oh, I'm going away, book a hotel. But if you're traveling on a budget, or you're going to a large city or a big tourist area, these might not be the best choice for you. So the cons of staying in a hotel, there there are a few. Like the big one that pops out to me instantly is price. I know, not all hotels are pricey, but more often than not, A hotel will be the most expensive option out there. With my after camp travels, I have really only stayed in a hotel on the last night of my travels or the last night of a long stretch of a road trip or just before a long flight home. I like to think of a hotel as a treat to myself as a relaxing night of luxury before going to camp or before getting on a long flight home, or at the end of a long road trip. It's more of a rewarding luxury. And to combat that price, you can spend hours and hours on travel comparison websites to find the best deal for a hotel. There's so many search engines out there and websites and apps that can do that for you. Because, but I... I really struggle with this because those search engines are great and you can use incognito and all of that fun stuff. But I just find like the research could be a waste of time and you're just wasting your time and it could lead to nowhere and pictures are pictures at the end of the day. I always find that unless I've had a recommendation of a hotel by someone I trust, that's not on the internet, the person I actually know and trust, that's when I'll get the hotel, that's when I'll pay the money, not because of reviews that people have written on TripAdvisor. So that is one con, like the price of it and the research that goes behind it. A second con I find is the strict arrival and checkout times. Hotels have a very strict policy on this and seem to be the strictest across all of these options that I'm going to be reviewing. Yes, you can always ask for a late checkout, but again, this might come at a price. Or you can tell them that you're arriving early. There's no harm in telling them that that you're doing that. But in my experience, you're still going to be waiting around for your room when you do arrive early. Because I find nowadays hotel check-in and check-out times are not reflective in how people travel. They're really not reflective of how people travel. And that's one thing of hotels that is a really, is a really big con for me. And it is. When I'm flying in, for example, I flew into the UK from Toronto last year for the weekend. I went to watch a football match. It was a big deal. Um, If you know me, follow me on Instagram, you know how much I'm into my football and my home team, Mansfield Town. I flew in for the playoff finals. They were playing at Wembley. I got a red-eye flight because that's where most of the flights are, coming back to the UK from North America. And I landed in Toronto. Uh, Sorry, I landed from Toronto. I landed in London. Apologies. And I got to my hotel at... 132, but check-in wasn't until four the game started at four I couldn't wait around to check in I emailed them beforehand saying hi I'm flying in I really would love it if I could get into my room early I'm flying in on a red eye I would love to drop my stuff off because I'm going to Wembley for the event uh, please 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 can we make this happen and they were like we'll see what we can do they weren't flexible their customer service wasn't great they were like, we don't know the people that are in your room beforehand. If they've already paid for a late checkout, we can't guarantee that an early check-in. And I understand business needs. I do. But these policies do sting you. I was very lucky in the fact that the room that they had me in originally wasn't clean yet. So they swapped me with someone else who hadn't arrived at the hotel yet. And I was very fortunate that the concierge was able to do that for me. I was. So I was able to drop my bags off, have a quick shower, freshen up and get straight to the game. But I've also been on the other side of it where I've waited in the lobby for hours waiting for my room to be ready. I have been stung by these policies. It's exhausting. And it just adds to the annoyance of travel, which you don't want. You don't want that annoyance. Um, so that's a second con about hotels. They're strict policies, they just don't reflect how people travel. Another con I find is hotels charge you for anything extra. And this is a big stinger. They charge for everything from parking on their property to if you want a proper breakfast rather than just the tr- the continental breakfast and everything in between. If you get room service, there's a charge. If you want a special movie on your TV, it could be an extra charge. If there's any special amenities, like a spa or something like that, or a fitness, that might come at a charge. And all these charges add up because you're already there at the hotel. These charges might be silly amounts, but they can charge it because you're not going to go anywhere else for those things. So they feel like they have a hold on you. So that is a big con because you're paying for the accommodation. You would expect things to be included, but more often than not, they're just not. And at the end of the day, the final con of hotels in the grand scheme of things for accommodation for after camp travels is it's just a room. It's only a room and a bathroom. Most of the time, there's no kitchenette, although some may, but most of the time there's not. You always have to eat out, which again, adds to your cost. And it's just a room at the end of the day. It's an expensive place to just sleep. Like When you're picking accommodation, you have to think, why am I picking this type of accommodation for this part of my trip? If it's for relaxation, then I would say yes, a hotel is the top of my list as well, a hundred percent. But if you're coming to this destination and you need accommodation for and it's and you're sightseeing or adventure or thrills or beach or anything else, I would say save your money for the experiences that you're gonna have outside of sleeping and stay somewhere else is my honest opinion about hotels. Whereas if you are wanting luxury, if you're wanting a comfy bed, if you're wanting like relaxation, then I would say hotel would be at the top of your list. You just have to think about where, what am I doing at this part for what I need accommodation for? And only you can answer that question. But that is hotels, my cons on hotels. So let's flip it over and talk about the positive of hotels. Because again, there are positive to hotels as well. Like the positives are it's clean and it's tidy. Like you're going to be greeted with a spotless bathroom with freshly pressed sheets. And after time away from home, those comforts, are a blessing. Like, especially if you've just spent eight weeks at a rural summer camp, clean bedding, carpet under your feet, beautiful tile and a glass shower might be just the ticket of what you need. It might be that taste of home comforts that you've been craving for those eight weeks. So that is definitely, definitely, definitely a pro. A hundred percent. i I've done it myself. I understand the, ah, about it. Another pro is it's a private room and bathroom. I know I just said it's only just a room, but having a private room and a private bathroom after spending eight weeks plus in communal living is a comfort. It's a luxury. And you will never realize that it's a comfort and luxury until you've had that experience. Having the peace and quiet of having your own personal bathroom is wonderful. Not having to rush out, not having to rush away because the water's gonna run out, not having to rush because there's a lineup of people outside. Having Being able to take a bath and maybe put on Netflix and watch a movie when you're in the bath like that is enjoyable to have that option. So why not, if that's the purpose of the hotel, 100%, 100% that's a, that's a positive. Another positive is safety. And a lot of people ask and ask me about this when we talk about accommodation. Out of the three options, many people believe that hotels are the safest. And I would say it's up there. I wouldn't, I don't know if I would say right out number one, hotels are the safest, but it definitely is up there. The fact that your private room has a lock that you can deadbolt yourself is huge for many people. Like most hotels have peepholes on the door so you can check them before opening them. There is more safety where you have safes in the room and you can put your valuables in there if you're inclined to leave the room or things like that. And many hotels provide exceptional customer service. So if you believe something has gone missing, the security at the hotel never disappoints. I've never had a poor experience with security at a hotel, knock on wood. So the safety aspect of a hotel, the fact that it's a business and they have policies um, really does cover themselves for the safety aspect and you do feel safe in a hotel all of these extra measures are they're there for a reason to make you feel comfortable the same way as you would lock the door in your own house when you get in the same way as you put valuables in a safe when you're at home similar situations they have those in the room for you as well so definitely a pro to making you feel comfortable of where you're staying. And the last positive about hotels is it is luxury compared to other options out there. In my eyes, a hotel is a luxurious option in comparison to hostels or vacation homes. The privacy and the cleanliness coupled with amenities that that the hotel and the building may have is next to none. Like hotels are designed to take you away from the norms of life and give you an experience and sometimes give you an experience that you'll never forget. And above and beyond, nine times out of 10, a hotel will do that for you. And that is a positive, that is a plus. So they, that is my pros and cons about hotels. The next one that I want to unpack is hostels. Now, the idea of hostels, I would say 20 years ago, was that they're unsafe, and they're dirty, and they're an awful place to stay. However, since the turn of the century, and since more and more 18 to 30 year old people are traveling and are having gap years and backpacking and interrailing. I find hostels are becoming the budget way to stay anywhere in the world, not just the hot spot tourist areas. Anywhere in the world, I feel like hostels are upping their game each and every day. There are so many Pros and cons to hostels. So, I'm going to just unpack straight away and go into the pros. The pros, first pro I would say about hostels is again, they're cheap. Hostels are cheap. The more people you share a room with, the cheaper it becomes. Hostels have so many different options in the fact that you can, there's not just a big room with beds in, you can have a private room in a hostel you can have a semi-private of just two people in a room, you can have a 4 bedroom you can have just a female room, just a male room, or you can have like the astonishing like 16-bed co-ed dorm room. There are so many different options and to find an option that you feel most comfortable with is very, very easy. I... My first hostel experience, some of you may have heard this if you've listened earlier on in the pod, is my first ever communal living experience was a 16-person co-ed dorm room in New York City. I flew in solo, first time flying solo ever, and I go to the hostel to check in, and that was my living situation for two nights it's wild. Think about it. That is wild. I didn't grow up in North America, so I never went to summer camp. I went to university, but I had a private dorm room in halls of residence, because that seems to be the norm in the UK, not like North America. So the only ever communal living experience I've ever had was a sleepover or a residential... Overnight with school. I've never done it for longer than two or three nights maximum. So this was an eye opener. At 20, 19, how old was I? Yeah, at 19 years old, going on 20, this was a wild experience. I didn't know what I was going into, so the agency booked it for me. If I would have known, I probably would have opted for a four eight bed female only dorm. Um, If I had known. So definitely look into the options if you are booking a hostel and make sure you pick one that is most comfortable for you at where you are in your time. But the rooms are cheap, so it's a good... For a budget, it is good. The second pro is leading on from that is a hostel is a great place to meet people. Hostels are designed for solo travelers to meet other people. That is like one of their morals on being different from any other accommodation in the industry. Their communal style living concept to their activities that they host are fantastic icebreakers, especially if you're a solo traveler. You develop a sense of community in a hostel that is different from any other accommodation and sleeping establishment. Hostels can really help you get out there, and it's a great environment if you're new to an area or getting to know the city. Many people that emigrate to a different country Live in a hostel for the first two weeks of their immigration story. And I think the way that hostels are designed makes it perfect for that. They have shared communal spaces, they host game nights, they go on walking tours of the city, they have excursions that they take, they have communal kitchens. Like everything is designed for if you are by yourself, everything is designed for you to get out there and everything is designed for you to talk to somebody that maybe you didn't book the trip with. And that is a really, really positive experience. Another positive is that hostels have great access to discounts for activities. And this is something I personally discovered when staying in a major tourist city. I discovered this when I was in a hostel for eight nights in Toronto. And the front desk had this big board on it with discounts for all the major attractions in the city. And we went and asked the receptionist, me and my friend that were staying there. And we were like, we just did. We just went up the CN Tower we we paid like the ticket price, how come you're selling it cheaper? And the hostel had a deal with all of the major attractions in the city, and there was a deal for them, because they're staying in, because we were staying in the hostel, and they provided discounts. And I know maybe hotels do this too, but I thought that was amazing for this budget accommodation to provide. And then we booked all of our stuff through the hostel from that point on. So we could do everything on our list for Toronto, but we did it on a discount and we felt like we were saving money and it made me help that my money went further. And that is a huge plus, especially traveling on a budget. That was a huge, huge positive and made the experience a really pleasant one, in all honesty. The final positive I would say about hostels is the hostel amenities. And I personally believe hostel amenities make or break the accommodation for me. The most important thing a hostel needs is a kitchen area. Because I've said it all the way through this. Most people that are staying at a hostel are there because they're on budget for them they're a cheaper option, so they don't want to go out and eat every meal. I believe that. I have been in that situation before. And having a kitchen in the hostel can really help you cut down on those eating costs. Plus, another plus is a bar area. If your hostel has a bar area too, or a games room, this could really cut down your costs of having a good evening out rather than just sitting in your room. Um, and it's a really great way to have something to do at eve in the evenings without having to go out into the city and spend crazy money just because of where you are. So I definitely... Before I book anything, I definitely check out the hostel amenities and see if they're one, if there is any, and two, if they're worth it in the price. For example, a big group of us, about 30 of us, went down to Miami after our first summer camp experience in the States, and the room was $15 a night. $15 a night. And yes, the room was nine people co-ed, but every room had their own bathroom. So you were only sharing with eight other people rather than everybody on the floor. But the amenities is what set this hostel apart. Think about it. 15 US dollars a night. And we got a semi-private bathroom. We got break- free breakfast in the morning. But the hostel also had a rooftop bar with a jacuzzi. Now, did I go in the jacuzzi? No, because it was filthy. However, when I read that, I was like, okay, this hostel is steps away from South Beach. It has a rooftop bar with a jacuzzi and free breakfast for that price. Of course I'm booking four nights there like that, to me, that was a no-brainer. So the amenities is what made me click book. So definitely make sure you look at those amenities. Now, on the flip side, of course, there's going to be some cons with living and choosing hostel accommodation during your travels. The most stock I guess, thing is the fact that you're sharing a room with people you don't know. That can be really uncomfortable with some people and something they just can't, like, move beyond. The fact that you might have snorers in your room, the fact that people are coming and going at all at different times throughout the night, the fact that, People might be on the phone and chatting when you're trying to sleep. Um, The fact that you might have to share a bathroom and wait for somebody else to be done. There are so many different things that are a con. Like, just focusing on the bathrooms, for one thing. Like, with a shared bathroom, they can be dirty, they might smell, There might be a lineup, like I said, there might be a lack of water due to the lineups, but in my opinion... If you've survived living in a university halls of residence or a dorm living, then a hostel is a piece of cake. And I can truly say that hand on heart, been in hostels for years and years and years. I can hand on heart say if you survived a year or even a month of living in halls of residence, then a hostel is a piece of cake. But I get it. Some people really don't like that experience another con or negative connotation is security with hostels. Because you are sharing a dorm room with people, there could be something in your mind that is saying, what about my belongings? I'm living with strangers that I've just met. Is is things safe? Well, to put this into perspective, every room that I've ever stayed in at a hostel has a locker right next to the bed. Now, this locker isn't your traditional school locker or a little post-it slit, like a postal box locker. These are huge lockers that can fit huge checked in pieces of luggage. Um, and you, I put my suitcase in there, lock it up, and there's normally a little shelf on top that I would put um, just handheld item things in, like a charger, or, um, like a handbag, or something like that there, and I lock it up, and I take the key with me, and it does really put your mind at ease, you just have to remember a padlock, and you can get them anywhere, most hostels actually sell them nowadays, but you can get them anywhere, but it really does keep your mind at ease, whereas other safety concern people might have is people are coming in coming and going all the time how do they know which people are actually guests there and how and what people are just there for the free food and I get it that's just the way of life these days where everybody questions everybody so if you are let's face it if you're open-minded to go traveling solo by yourself you're more than capable and open-minded to stay in a hostel. And if you're not there to travel solo yet, maybe going with a friend might help you make that transition. In my opinion, hostels are a great way to travel if you're on a budget. It can really help you stretch your money further, especially in like a really touristy area or a really expensive city. But you have to make sure that when you're researching your hostel, you want to read the reviews, you want honest opinions on everything, from how the beds are, from how clean it is, from the wi-fi situation, to the bathrooms, to where it's situated physically in the city itself, is it in a nice part, a sketchy part, you really have to do your research, because unfortunately one poor experience might put you off this whole category forever, So really, you have to really, truly put in the time and effort to research a hostel before booking. And that's my top tip. The final type of accommodation I'm gonna be unpacking today is vacation homes. So Airbnbs, Verbo. I feel like Expedia do it now, like vacation style homes. I'm going to talk about Airbnb personally, because that is the one that I have used the most, but all those vacation type property businesses apply to this category. So I find that it is the most popular way to stay these days in the fact that you can pick whether you need a room, a whole house, And it really is an affordable way to stay on your travels if you're traveling in a big group or if you're going on a day off. It really, really is affordable. So that is my first positive is it can be cheap if you're traveling with a group. If you're traveling alone, I feel like if you stay in the room only option, it's a great cheap option Because you can get the same community feeling like in a hostel, but have the privacy of your own room. And that's really nice. But again, the fact that you can rent out a whole house with its grounds for 20, for you and 19 other people, 20 people to share. We did it for a day off and we stayed one night at this really big, beautiful house and there was 20 of us staying there, and it cost just $30 to sleep, and then plus the food that we all chipped in for. That's really cheap compared to a hotel room in the local town next to camp. Like, the pricing is amazing. The second positive is it can be private. You can choose to have a whole vacation home, and it's your own place, to cook it's your own place to bathe it's your own place to relax and enjoy a home away from home because when you're traveling you sometimes crave those home comforts I know I definitely do and those things that you miss but you love the travel life so much vacation homes and Airbnb can really give you that sense of home comfort and that's like a revelation in the travel side of life and it really is a nice reset button especially if you're traveling for a really long time like for those of you that are doing a summer camp in the states on your j1 visa and you have 30 days to travel afterwards 30 days is a really 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 long time it's tough mentally it's tough physically um you're gonna be drained emotionally from camp anyways so having those home comforts of a vacation home for one or two nights dotted through your travels could be a really great reset for you and could actually be a savior in disguise. So the fact, the privacy factor is big ticks. Another positive is the kitchen facilities. Now, yes, a hostel has a kitchen um, and it's a shared kitchen. And I've already spoken about the fact that having kitchen facilities is amazing for helping you save money, but making a home-cooked meal can not only save on your budget, but it can bring people together, it can give you a peace of mind, and it can just give you that relaxing moment of, that's what I needed. Remember that Just think about it, if you've ever traveled before, or you've gone on vacation, and you've gone on holiday, and you've come back home, and that first home-cooked meal you have is beautiful, and it's like, oh, that's the meal I want, the last meal before I die. Like, one of those meals, it's just a win-win. It's so underrated having a kitchen facility whilst you're traveling. And the final pro of like the vacation home that I've really enjoyed when I've stayed at Airbnbs and vacation rentals is the local guide to the area you're staying in. And it's just that little personal touch. Hosts like to leave welcome booklets with lots of great fun to do ideas and things like that. They, if they're a great host, they'll give you a local guide into bars, into restaurants, into activities, into shopping, and so much more. And many Airbnbs now have guest books as well. So you can read what the host has left you, but I like to read through that guest book to see what other guests have said or suggested that they liked doing to research about them. It's just a really unique way of having the information there to help guide your journey whilst you're staying there. And I find that really fun. And it's just a really nice personal touch that I really enjoy with vacation rentals. Now, vacation rentals, as much as I really, really, really do love them, they do come with some negatives. And the first one, I'm going to talk about is you need to do a lot of research. And sometimes this is just really, really time consuming and mind numbing. And that's just the problem with going somewhere new, somewhere that you don't know where the good areas of the city are. Um, and everyone's going to say that their place is the best place ever, right? So you have to personally do lots and lots of research you need to research where the airbnb bnb or vacation home is geographically and if that area is known to be a good area or a bad area of the city or what have you you need to research is it close to any of the attractions that you want to see Is it, how long will it take to walk? How long will it take to public transit? Do I need to get a car? Do I need to rent a car out if I stay at this vacation home to get everywhere? They might say that they're in Toronto, but actually they're 45 minute drive outside of the city, but still class themselves as Toronto. There are different things. Like, are they close to public transportation? Are they, how much does the, public transportation cost from this place to where all the attractions and everything is is and compare the vacation home price plus transportation price together compare that to accommodation in the actual city and see if it is actually cheaper or if you're actually going to pay out more in your pocket for staying outside these are all things that you need to research and that's time consuming and that's mind numbing and you might not have that much time on your hands to do that research properly. And if you don't do that research pro- properly, it goes into my next point. They can be hit or miss. All vacation homes online are images. And as we know, images can be deceiving. They can. So you need to make sure you read reviews to help you make your decision. You need to look at the dates to see if they're relevant and see if what they're saying matches with what you're seeing on the images and things like that. Unfortunately, sometimes these vacation rentals can be hit or miss. So make sure, again, you don't get your hopes up too much because after all, it's just a place that you're sleeping. Unfortunately, I've been hit by the not doing too much research and got stuck in a really awful place really really awful place um it was over a bank holiday weekend in Canada so everything was really really expensive anyway due to the nature of the weekend lots of places were booked up already and we were trying to book last minute there was a property that was on Airbnb. It had four and a half stars, which out of five, which we were like, oh, that's amazing. Um, And where they were on the map was like, okay, it's not downtown, but it's midtown. It's only a 10 minutes subway into downtown. Like that's fine. 10 minutes is nothing. I'm happy with, that location. Little did we know that that location was in a rougher part of the city where you don't really want to be walking around at night as two mid-20 year old females. It was an apartment building that had a mixture of socio-economic individuals in there. It was just not a comfortable space to be in and to top it all off the wi-fi was spotty so you couldn't even just stay in lock the door and stream tv all weekend if you wanted a relaxing weekend you couldn't even do that and unfortunately we booked a hotel me and my friend and left the airbnb after one we we spent one night there We should have been there for three. We spent one night there and lost out on hundreds of dollars and booked in a a hotel further outside the city. But we booked a hotel and was like, fine, we're just going to have a good hotel. We're going to watch movies. We're going to eat food. um, We're going to bathe and have a relaxing weekend. And that's what we did instead. And that was because we didn't do our research. And that really really sucked <laughs> but i'll make sure i'll never make that mistake again the final con i would say about vacation homes is after you visit the vac- the vacation home owner may add some charges and they can be quite blindsiding like you've had a great stay you followed all the host instructions and then wham you're blindsided by cleaning charges, or an extra charge for a late checkout, or they take a picture of something that wasn't like that to their knowledge before you entered, and they're pretty hard to combat. Like, with the company Airbnb, you are encouraged to write a review about the host, and this is where you can voice that maybe the host gave you extra charges that you were blindsided about, but I would voice that with caution, because... The host also writes a review about you, which will forever be on your profile. And before you get approved by some people on Airbnb, they'll read your past reviews and they'll accept you based on your reviews. So I would tread that line cautiously, but those charges, you can't really not pay because they already have your card information. They've already processed them. And that's really, really hard to battle and really, really hard to combat. So you have to be really careful to make sure that you don't, you're don't, you not too noisy and there's no noise complaint. Make sure that you follow the host's instructions to the letter of taking out the garbage. If they've asked you to strip the bed, strip the bed. If, God forbid, you spilt something on the sofa, you wash it or you tell them straight after you spill it, like, all of these little things, right? I mean, I have had many experiences with Airbnb, and it is a great way to, like, live and sleep whilst you're traveling, especially if you're doing road trips and you're going to be in a different place every single night. It is great. I, especially after a really long summer at camp, I really enjoy having those home comforts when I travel because you get the best of both worlds. You get the safety of a hotel and the fact that you can deadlock stuff, you can lock it up, what have you. But you also have the freedom of a hostel in the fact that you have open spaces to relax, you have kitchen amenities and things like that. Plus the local insight of the hostel side, like the local insight that your host gives you is really, really great. So it, I find that vacation homes are a good blend between those two traditional types of accommodation but when you're traveling my top 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 tip is set a budget set a budget and honestly truly think about what you need versus what you want in your accommodation and then go from there just know that there's so many different ways to live whilst you're traveling And there's so many different ones that I haven't even touched on because I've never personally done it myself. Like, yes, I've said I've road tripped, but I've never done like an RV trip or a caravan trip or a camping trip with tenting. Like, I've never done that, so I can't comment on that. Um, But again, I would love to try those. So if any of you have done that style of trip after camp or during camp, please let me know. I would love to hear your insight on that but know that there are many different ways to live whilst you're traveling. And all you need to know is you want to feel comfortable that you can enjoy your travels. Because if you're not comfortable, you're not going, going to enjoy yourself. And that's a real shame because you're paying money for this trip. This trip is going to become a memory, It's whether it's a positive one or not. So why not make it a positive one? Why not book your accommodation on your comfort level rather than what you think you should be doing is my top tip. And that is all of the three pros and cons my accommodation unpacked. That was a lot to get through thank you so much. I think this might be my longest episode ever, which is wild. But thank you so much for getting, to, if you've made it to the end, congratulations. Thank you for listening to me for this long. Um, I want to really thank you all for coming on this journey with me. I hope you have an amazing, amazing, amazing summer, summer 2023. I want to promise you all that I am recording content constantly now so that they can be ready for you over the summer because I am going back to summer camp this year and I want to make sure that I stick to this every week commitment for you all because you deserve it you've stuck by me all year and I want to stick by you too for the summer and keep this going so I thank you so much make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get these popped up in your beautiful app software whatever you use to listen to this podcast thank you so much and i'll see you next time thank you so much for listening to this episode of bits and pieces for the summer camp newbie by me bethany you can find me on social media i am brit in the six on all my socials also you'll be able to find me on my website where my blog is www.britinthe6.com. Thank you very much and see you next time.